Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 361 and session number 111 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on this podcast every single Friday. And I am here again. I am super excited to be here. And I want to remind you, if you have a question that you want me to answer on an upcoming show, just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and you can do that. Just record your first name, maybe where you're tuning in from, and then your brief question, and I'll do my best to get it here on this show so I can connect with you and answer your questions. Now, before we do jump into uh, today's questions, you might notice right now, you might not, but uh, my voice is a little hoarse. And the reason is, is because last minute, I decided to go to a Cavs Raptors game in Toronto, in Canada. Crazy. And uh, it was just a spur of the moment. And uh, we decided, my son and I, that is, we decided to meet up with Dom Sugar in Buffalo. And then he picked us up there. And then we went ahead and uh, went into Toronto from there. How does that happen? Well, I asked myself the same question. <laughs> Let me share the story with you. My son and I are sitting on our couch. Uh, it was uh, Friday night watching the Cavs game. And I said, uh, you know, man, it'd be awesome to be at one of these games. And he's like, oh, yeah, I would love to be able to watch LeBron play. He's a big LeBron fan. If you guys have been following the podcast, you guys know my son, who's 19, huge LeBron fan. So he's kind of followed him, not necessarily the Cavs. And Dom, Sugar, that is, is from Canada, and he's a Raptors fan. So I, you know, I went over to my phone, and I picked it up, and I said, uh, you know, I sent Dom a text, and I go, hey, I go, uh, any chance you can get us some tickets? And I was just kidding, by the way, totally just kidding. And he's like, yeah, you get here, and I'll get some tickets. And I'm like, yeah, okay. So I'm like, I'm just kidding. And he's like, no, no, seriously, get, get the flight, and I'll get some tickets. And I'm like, thinking about it. I'm like, oh my God, how could that even be? I mean, here it is Friday night. They play on Sunday at 3.30. You know, how the heck is this going to happen? So I started looking at flights. I literally started entertaining the idea, started looking at flights and going from South Carolina to Canada was just ridiculous. I'm like, there is no way I would spend that kind of money to do that. I'm just not going to do it. So I told Dom, I go, no way. I go, the tickets are so expensive to go into Canada. It's crazy. He goes, well, why don't you just go into Buffalo and I'll pick you up there? Nah. So I started thinking about it a little bit more and I still wasn't serious in my mind. I didn't have my mind like nowhere near that I was going to actually go. So I did that. The price was pretty darn uh, good. And I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I should do it right now. Like we should just do this. I mean, how crazy would that be? And then maybe what I'll do is a TAS meetup in Toronto. Like here it is Friday night. I'm going to have a meetup Saturday night, like the next night. Didn't even say anything to anybody. And uh, well, long story short, we had a Toronto meetup at a hotel. Uh, about 15 people showed up, uh, which was amazing in such short notice. We had a bunch of people say they wanted to come, but they just couldn't in such short notice. We had one guy drive all the way from um, uh, Rochester, New York. We had another guy that drove six hours from, uh, I think it was Quebec. Uh, just crazy, right? Just crazy. And uh, we had a blast. And we were there for, I think we were there about till 1.30 in the morning. Um, and we think we started it at eight o'clock at night. We just got in, we just got dinner. And that was a whole nother story where we had to go to subway to get some, it was just crazy. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I met a lot of great people. I want to give a couple of shout outs here, um, for, for the ones that had actually registered on the page that actually attended. We got Lucas, we got Alan, John, Eric, who drove six hours, um, Javier, uh, Brett, Greg, Sam, Steve. And if I forgot anyone, which I know I did because there was a bunch of other people there, I apologize, but those are the ones that were on the event page. And I just want to say, guys, thank you so much 
for taking the time to hang out with me and Dom and my son and Dom's wife. And it was just a really great time to hang out with some TASers in Toronto. So uh, thank you so much for that. So if my voice is hoarse, it's uh, well, because we were yelling at the game. And plus I did a lot of talking in that meetup. So my voice is just kind of shot. The other thing is, is we're going to be doing a meetup, which is actually going to be today because you're listening to this on May 19th. If you are, if you're not listening to this on May 19th, this isn't going to apply to you, but I will be at seller summit today. I'm recording this before that, obviously, but uh, we're going to have a meetup there. So depending on if you're listening to this in the morning or the afternoon or even early evening, we're going to be doing a meetup in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, and that will be all the, all the details can be found there at the amazing forward slash Florida. And that will direct to the event page for that. So you guys can see how you can come on over and hang out with us. And it's going to be totally free. Just us hanging out in a lobby of a hotel. All right. And there's going to be, obviously there's a bar there and there's a coffee place there. I think there's even a Starbucks there. Um, so we're just going to hang out and talk and, you know, meet each other. So if you're interested and you're listening to this in time, if you're listening to this after the fact, well, we won't be there, uh, after the fact, obviously. So as you can see, lots of going on in May and a lot going on in June as well. We're going to have a TAS meetup in North Carolina. If you guys want details, on that, you can just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash live, and that will be posted on that page as well. All right, guys, so uh, what do you say? Let's go ahead and uh, get this baby rocking and rolling. Before we do, though, I forgot I should give you guys the link for the show notes and the transcripts. You guys can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 361, and you'll get all the show notes, transcripts over there, and even all the links that I just mentioned will be there as well. So let's go, guys. Let's uh, let's get into this on this awesome Friday or whatever day you're listening to. Let's go ahead and listen to today's first question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, Josh from New Jersey. Just wanted to run a question by you in regards to an item I was looking into. Um, so for the example, I'll just say an Under Armour uh, running suit, um, a shirt and pants sold as a full set. So some of the complaints from people were that the, they have a bigger top half, so they wish they could get a, a large shirt and still have the medium-sized pants. But the options are only for the whole suit as a small, medium, large, or extra large. You can't separate the shirts and the pants. So what would be the best way to do that? Is it possible to have it all in one listing? Would you have to make two separate listings and then maybe put them as frequently bought together? Um, What would be the best way to combat that situation? Because it seems to be a pain point for a lot of customers and a way for me to uh, differentiate myself. So look forward to hearing from you. Uh, Thanks again for everything that you do. Hey, Josh, thank you so much for the question. And it feels like we were kind of like neighbors because I was in upstate New York for, well, over 40 years. And uh, I've driven through New Jersey plenty of times. So uh, yeah, we're kind of like neighbors. But uh, let's go ahead and address your question here. Now, I think with what you're saying is it's a really good question. You have like a suit of some kind, but the top fits differently than the bottom or some, you know, some people's body shapes are different. Let's face it. Right. And, uh, I think what you're going to have to figure out here is, is probably how to sell them on their own listings and then try to get them infrequently bought together or using the promotion area to lead people over to those other, those other products. Um, the other thing is, is maybe you put something in your images, uh, not your main image, of course, but your other images that show like this is product A and this is product B and then they know that you have those two that kind of go together or that 
they, you know, that you have different items that go together and then that will lead them to those other things. Um, but you're right because if you're going to have a shirt and, you know, pants and each of those are going to fit differently. I know myself, like it's going to be hard if you go with a large overall, like I might be, well, I know for a fact, my son is larger as far as like lengthwise, right? So his top needs to be longer than mine. Uh, but our, but our pants might fit, right? Because we have different, we are, our, our uh, waists or our hips are up higher or whatever, right? I mean, there's all of these different things that come into it when you're trying to fit a whole body. So I understand that. So I think the only way that you're really going to be able to do this successfully is to have two separate listings, one for the top and one for the bottoms. And then from there, you're going to be able to do variations off of that with the size and maybe with colors, right? So maybe you're going to have four different colors and then you're going to have sizes for each of those colors. But that's the only way that I really think that you're going to be able to do that. And also you got to think about this. Some people might just want to buy the top or they might just want to buy the bottom. This way here, you're not locking them into where they have to buy top and bottom. So it might be a better thing. Um, So that's what I would probably do. The other thing you can probably do in the promotions area is you can say, you know, get, you know, 10% off of the bottoms when you buy the top. You can do something like that. So that way there, you're you're cross-promoting each one as well and you're reminding them um, that you have other things um, in, you know, in relation to what they're purchasing right now. So that's what I would probably say would be your best bet. And the other thing you got to think about here is it's also two pieces of real estate versus one. And I don't normally say to do that unless it makes sense because then you have two different listings to manage and you have two different listings with reviews and ranking and all that stuff. But the cool thing about this is you will get two pieces of real estate in Amazon if you do it this way. Uh, And then again, you're going to give better choices because you don't want to get refunds either because then people buy it. And then they say, well, the bottoms fit good, but the top didn't. Can I send back just the top and get a new top? And then you sell them in, in you know, a full complete set. And then that's not going to work. So anyone else out there that's selling either clothing or something else that would work like this, that there's different size top and bottom and they, they could be, you know, they, they, they could vary, uh, then you're going to want to be careful with that. And I would say probably break them apart, put them on their own listing, and then I would try to make it really known that they go together and then that way there people will be led to that. And I think a coupon is a great thing. You can even put that into an image if you wanted to. Um, I know terms of service, I mean, some people say you aren't supposed to put that in your in your image. I, I say, you know what? Do what you feel is right. I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, but again, it's, it's a way to lead people to your other products. And even if that's just to show you know, your, your top and your bottom on, you know, on someone. And then you have like an arrow pointing to each one or some type of, of way to kind of highlight those two, but then they buy the top. And then of course they're going to want the bottom. So then they're going to be able to, uh, to be linked over there through the promotions area. And the other thing that you can do, the last thing that I would recommend here is definitely having an insert card. So this way here, you can maybe give 10% off of their next purchase. And then that might show your other items on that insert card. So then if they didn't even know it in the listing, they're going to see it over, you know, on the insert. So that's another way to drive people back to your listing because they may be like, oh, wow, I wanted that. But pretty much if people want the top and bottom, they're going to know about it already. And they're going to start looking for it. And then they're going to look through your brand. They're going to find it. Um, but if you can make it easier for them to find it, then obviously you're going to do better. All right. So hopefully this helped you. Uh, it's a definitely a great question. And uh, just keep me posted. Let me know uh, how you make out and uh, how, things are, how things are moving along for you. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to the next question and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, Russell Fry here. Um, Hey, thanks so much for everything you do. Definitely a big inspiration. Um, I started off a company and this month I've 
absolutely crushed it. Um, I'm at about $3,500 in sales in three weeks, which I did not expect. Um, and I'm in my first week of using PPC. Um, and I had some questions regarding PPC. Um, my first four days I had about 550,000 impressions. I was running three campaigns, one with a very small, um, bid just for keyword research from some studies I've done. Um, and two other ones, one, which was a manual bid, um, set at, you know, a little over what the suggested, suggested bid was. And then the second, an automated campaign, which is running the same over um, a little over the suggested bid. So just let's say just at a dollar um, per bid. Um, I was having huge success, um, tons of sales, rankings were going up every day. Um, can't stop looking at my Amazon seller app. But within the last few days, I've noticed um, I haven't made any changes, but my my ads have essentially stopped getting impressions. So um, in doing some research, I, I saw some people have called in or excuse me, uh, have asked on some forums, um, you know, regarding this question, it seems like a lot of people were having this problem. So, um, so yeah, if you could answer that, uh, give me some insight, that'd be glorious. Thanks again. Hey, Russell, thank you so much for the question. And first off, Congratulations on the success that you've had so far, and uh, I know it's pretty exciting, and uh, you went into this thing not knowing what to expect, really, hoping for the best, and uh, things are really doing well for you, so that's awesome, and congratulations, and thanks for being a listener. I'm glad the podcast has helped you, uh, you know, move along in this, uh, in this journey of yours, so awesome job, and definitely keep me posted. Um, okay, so pay-per-click, um, and anyone that's listening right now, and they haven't even started with their sponsored product ads or their, their pay-per-click, um, I'm going to give you guys the resource that I think you guys should all start, and that is the amazingseller.com forward slash PPC, and that will give you a good roadmap on how to get things started in the beginning and kind of how to start how to start really dialing in your pay-per-click. Now, let me just say this as well. Pay-per-click is always something that's like a moving target, right? One week, you think you nailed it, and then all of a sudden, things change, and then it doesn't seem like you nailed it anymore, right? So you constantly have to be kind of keeping an eye on it. Uh, we like using um, Ignite from Seller Labs, uh, they you know do a great job of, of allowing us to see things a little bit deeper without having to dig in to everything, but the one thing I will say is it's patience. You have to be patient. Um, if my stuff kind of started to maybe change and it was only two or three days, I wouldn't panic. I would just you know maybe look and see why I'm not getting impressions. Maybe someone else is starting to outbid me, those types of things. So you, you got to kind of look at those things, but the one thing I think that you were experiencing here at this particular time that you submitted this question, I think there was something going on with sponsored product ads at this time. All right, Amazon had changed some of their some of their uh, you know internal workings of the sponsored ads, and everyone was complaining about this happening. Like all of a sudden, my pay-per-click disappeared. I'm not getting impressions, and that could have just been a glitch, or it could have just been a change in how they're displaying the the uh, keywords. Um, you know, so there's all of that stuff can, that can happen. So sometimes what you might want to do just as a test is pause those. Okay. And then just start a brand new campaign and see what happens. And sometimes that could, um, you know, trigger it to start working again. 
but it could be. I mean, like I said, if you have competition that comes in and all of a sudden they're going to, they're going to start showing up, your impressions are going to go away because they're going to show up more. Um, but in this case of yours, I'm pretty confident that it was probably, uh, something that Amazon made a change or they were testing, or maybe they were updating or something. And I think that everyone felt the effects of that. Uh, so, uh, maybe you could even email me and let me know at this point if it's been kind of corrected. Um, but for anyone else out there that's kind of thinking to themselves, like it was working last week and now it's not working, there's, there's a variety of things that it could be, but I would always go back to the basics and I would look and, and kind of dig into the campaigns and then I would say, okay, you know, like I was getting impressions here. I'm not getting impressions. Is everything still in line? Are all of my, you know, all of my keywords, are they, are they, you know, did I change something? Did I change something in my listing that might now make it not relevant that I don't get the, the, uh, did, did I get a, a category change? You know, maybe the category got changed and you didn't even know it. Like, you know, that stuff happens. Like all of a sudden you're, you're in a category and Amazon just decides to, to flip you to a different category. And now all of a sudden you're not able to get the same search that you got before. Uh, just because when you are in a certain category and you want to, you want to go after these certain keywords, Amazon won't show you as much as if you were in that category, it's just the way it works. Um, so there's not really one thing I can say. It sounds like you were starting to drill in, but I also think that it might've already corrected itself by the time you listen to this. But I wanted to address this question just because I know people, they panic when their campaigns were doing something, you know, one week and then the next week they're doing something different and it might be like totally different. Um, the other thing I would say too is, is like, you know, is your sales, like most of them coming from pay-per-click? That would be the other thing that I'd be like, all right, well, I got to figure out a way to get these to start ranking on their own and start getting organic. Because from my experience and from other people that I've either coached or just people that I've worked with or partners, um, usually 20% maybe 30% will be sales from pay-per-click and then the other ones will be organic. Um, and a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll say like, well, Scott, you know, that campaign is like a 75% ACOS, like that's bad. And I'm like, well, it's bad if you're not getting any organic sales from that push. If you're getting organic sales from that push, then what is the cost really on the 75% ACOS that you have? Like, what does that, what does that calculate to the, the organic sales that you wouldn't have had if you weren't running the sponsored ads, if that makes sense. Hopefully that makes sense. Does that make sense? Ask yourself, does that make sense? I hope it does. Uh, because if it doesn't, you know, I would say definitely go over to theamazingseller.com forward slash PPC. And you can, you can kind of go through the training over there that we've done. And I've had on uh, Jeff Cohen from Seller Labs um, and, uh, and those guys over there. And they've really helped out with that. We even have a private Facebook group that talks all about uh, the sponsored product ads. So, um, def, you know, definitely go over to that resource. I think that'll definitely help you. Um, but anyway, that's going to wrap up that question on pay-per-click. And I know we could probably go on for, oh, the next four hours on pay-per-click because it's always a hot topic, but, um, hopefully that helped you and hopefully your, uh, you know, your little issue here has been resolved. All right. So let's go ahead and listen to today's last question and I will give you my answer and then we'll wrap this up and you can guys get on with your weekend and, Hey, who knows, depending on when you're listening to this, maybe we'll see each other tonight at the Florida meetup. So uh, that would be kind of cool too. So, all right, let's go ahead and listen to that question. And I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, thanks for all the work you do keeping the podcast going. I listen almost every day going to and from work. Um, I have a question about law labels uh, that are required for certain products like bedding and stuffed toys, et cetera. Um, I'm new to private labeling and have spent Several weeks looking for my first product, I finally decided on something, started ordering samples. 
but I happened to come across some articles on law labels. Uh, based off of what I've found, I'm fairly confident the product I'm leaning towards will need these labels. Uh, anyways, I wanted to see if you have any experience with this and if you could share some insight on it. I took one look at the annual state-to-state registration costs and all the paperwork and frustration that goes with that, and I'm about to kill off this idea and head back to the drawing board. Thanks for any help you can give and uh, keep putting out the podcast. It's so helpful for me and um, a lot of other newbies out here. Eric, thank you so much for the question, but I need to hear you guys' first name. No, I'm going to answer your question, but I got your name from the email that came through with your voicemail. Um, but Eric, thank you so much for the question. And I'm just, I'm just busting right now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, to answer your question, uh, yes, you want to be careful with anything like this, especially with kids or anything that's hazardous or that you think that could be hazardous. You know, when you're first starting, and, and some people look at this as an opportunity. They're like, well, if I can go ahead and launch something that other people don't want to launch, then there's less competition and you'd be 100% right. But you are, you know, getting into a more complicated space and you're uh, potentially at risk because you're, you know, you're putting a product in, uh, you know, in the, in the hands of someone that could harm themselves. And if we're talking about a baby product, that's a huge thing. All right. So you definitely want to to find out what you need to have to be compliant, but you also want to protect yourself. And this is where liability insurance would come in. Uh, I mean, everyone should have liability insurance anyway, but if you don't, you better make sure your product is not going to be able to harm someone. And I mean, almost any product could harm someone if they don't use it properly, right? Um, so then you got to make sure that all of your labeling is correct. You got to make sure if it's, you know, FDA approved or, you know, t- certain tests have been done and all of that stuff. So whenever anyone asks me about this, first off, I say, are you in love with the product? And is there something else that you can find that wouldn't be, you know, at this level, uh, especially when first starting, because when you first start, you want momentum and this is not going to be a momentum run for you because you're going to be, you know, you're going to be, you know, st- sitting around figuring out how to get these certain things done and waiting for an answer and then waiting to make sure that this goes gets approved and then the, if the testing doesn't come through and it's approved. Um, but in your case, you're just saying like, okay, I want to sell these things, but I want to get a label on it. So this way here, I'm compliant. And if something comes back and or someone does come back and, and try to come after me, I'm protected and all that stuff. So I'm not a I'm not a lawyer, a legal advisor or any of that stuff. So let's just be clear there. Um, I would definitely contact uh, you know, a lawyer, you know, at this point, uh, that, that has, you know, that has some experience with this. I think another step I would probably go, I might even go here first is I'd probably reach out to Michelle Love. Uh, Michelle, I actually met at one of our TAS live events in Arizona, found out that she was a liability, uh, insurance agent, uh, or broker, I'm sorry. Uh, and, uh, she's been doing it for years and not just liability, but just insurance in general, but she understands, the liability end of things, which I think is hard to find, especially when I was first starting, I was trying to find someone to give me the answers. And every insurance broker I would speak to, they had no idea what this what this was or what we were trying to do. Um, it was just really foreign to them. But Michelle understands it 100%. She also knows like what kind of policy that you would want to get, but she also pr- probably could direct you to where you would have to go to be compliant. 
And I think that's where I would go, right? I'd go there. And then if she might, you know, she might say, well, you're, you're definitely going to want to make sure these things are, you know, these check boxes are done. And, uh, and I've got a resource for that. Maybe she has an attorney that she could, that she can send you to, or maybe direct you to, to someone that could then move you along in this journey and kind of give you the right things, um, in this. So I would definitely say that. And then also I would say, definitely figure out what type of business entity you're going to be, uh, you're going to be using. Um, you know, again, I'm not a legal advisor or anything like that, but I think anyone starting out should have an LLC, which is limited liability, um, business. And, uh, I think, you know, we've talked about it with Josh, Bowerly, who's a CPA, who's actually my CPA, and he he went over all of the different entities, and um, I think that's another thing I think that everyone should should do just as one like the first line of defense, but it's not going to 100 protect you, and then liability insurance would be another barrier, but then also knowing what are the things that you need to have to cover yourself or at least the best way possible so you understand what you're getting yourself into. So all of those things I would, I would address. Now, you, you kind of mentioned, should I just maybe go back to the drawing board? Me personally, with all of this stuff, I haven't validated anything. I, I can't really validate anything yet because, you know, it's risky. I'd probably myself probably just go back to the drawing board. There's so many other products and markets that you could probably tap into without these headaches. So the question is, is, is it going to be worth spending the next three to five months just getting this stuff figured out, I don't know if that's how long it's going to take, but it could, or would you be better off to just go after a product that you feel like you can just kind of move faster and, uh, and kind of get your feet wet, uh, and do a test order and validate and kind of go through the whole process. Like, would that be better? And to me, that would be better in for me, you know, it doesn't mean it's going to be for you. If you want to go through all of that stuff and you think the long-term thing is going to be better for you, that's fine. I'm just a fast mover. I like to, to kind of get things going and, uh, and, and kind of get some results by, by taking action, as I always say. And then I can kind of see and then, you know, then adjust by, you know, by seeing what happens. Uh, but in this case, you're going to be going through a little bit of red tape here. You know, let's just face it. I mean, that's, that's what's going to, that's what's going to happen. All right. So I know this wasn't an awesome answer for you. Hopefully it's given you some direction or maybe even just, just some insights. Like I said, if I was at the table with you or we're at the coffee table right now and, and we're having that cup of coffee, that's what I'd be saying. I'd be saying like, listen, Eric, you know, is this, are you in love with this product? You know, and if so, then go for it. If you're not, then move on. That's what I would say. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's going to wrap up this question. Keep me posted on that, Eric, though. Uh, let me know how you made out or if you're just going to move on. I'd be curious to know. Um, that would be, uh, that'd be cool to, to kind of hear what you've done and maybe even what it took to get through that process if you decide to go through that process. All right. Um, all right. So that's going to pretty much wrap it up. I did have a quick announcement really quickly. Um, we are going to be doing our last workshop uh, that we normally do. We do a five-phase workshop where I actually show you the five phases to picking a product to then launching the product and everything in between. And it's going to be the last one we're going to be doing here on May 25th for probably about six to eight weeks, depending. Um, I've got a lot of things going on in June. I've got my daughter getting married in July. So lots happening. And our private label classroom is going to be closing as well. And we're going to be doing some updates there. And we're going to be, uh, obviously, we're going to be still in our class uh, helping out our students. But uh, that's going to be a time that we're going to be closing the doors. So this way here, we can do our updates. We can uh, add our new content that we're doing. And we're doing a whole uh, refurbish of a uh, of our uh, of our members area and all that stuff. So we've got a lot of cool things working there inside of our classroom. So just a lot going on. So if you guys want to attend 
our last workshop for May and for June, you're going to want to head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, and uh, we will be on there live, and we will give you guys the whole roadmap from start to launch as far as your product goes, and uh, we get a lot of great feedback from this workshop, so if you guys want to attend, definitely head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop, register, and if you guys are listening to this after the fact, still go over to that page because once we start again, once we start doing our workshops, you'll see the next one there, the registration uh, page, the date, the workshop, all that stuff will be on that page. That's the page that we kind of keep updating for our workshops. So uh, definitely, definitely do that. All right, guys, so uh, that's it. That's gonna wrap up this episode of Ask Scott. Again, if you guys have a question, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and ask me a question and just leave your first name, please. Eric, leave your first name. All right, so that's it, guys. That's gonna wrap it up. Have an awesome, amazing day, weekend, whatever time it is for you guys or whatever you're doing. And uh, remember, as always, I'm here for you, I believe in you, and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.